Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Noops is at his work conference in California, so I'm producer Dan, and Andy is back from his sojourn over talking about the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Did you guys talk about the Puerto Rico Open at all? No, it is. <laughs> it's so much worse than even normal. The field is, I mean, like, there's a there's a case to be made for betting on Martin Trainer. Whenever there's a case to be made for betting on Martin Trainer, you just probably skip the event. I won't have any time with, with conference tournaments and yeah. you know the draft, the combine, and and the API, which is a great tournament. Mm-hmm. I won't have any time to spend on Puerto Rico. I did see some people put some tips out. Mm-hmm. Have fun, good game. Have fun, good luck. Best of uh, best of wishes for that. So not me, not this guy. Stay away. And yeah, I'm just going to stick to stick to what I know here. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot it was going on until I logged into. So for the Betsperts company, we have a one and done. That's just for fun. No money involved or anything. Just bragging rights. And I logged in and it was like Carl Yuan was number two on the list. I was like, what? I was like, oh, yeah, the Puerto Rico opens going on. So we had to pick both. So there's that. But it's also an important day, Andy, because this is March. We finally it, it is it. March. Yeah. Um. Jesus Rothstein. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> calm down. I know this is like an exciting time of year, but uh, just ch- chill out. We know it's March. It is March. It is uh, a lot of tournaments underway. I, every outright bet I've made on a conference tournament is uh, we're still alive because like three of them had a buy, the other one just barely scraped by, and the rest haven't played yet. There we so, go. Good job. Um, still alive and everything. Yeah, Mike Kennesaw State. Owls, Queens, Queens has been playing well at the end of the year. They they uh they had a good season, and it's funny too. Queens was actually like a second card for Kennesaw to get in the tournament. If Queens runs the tournament, which is mm-hmm. a big ask to to beat Liberty as well, but um, if Queens win the tournament, Kennesaw State is in as well. So Bellarmine, but uh, all the ineligible teams are now out of the A Sun, and we will uh, we'll move on, move on with our life. We'll go on to the the ones that start today. I don't have a strong take in the NEC or the Big South yet, but I did bet some uh, some more ugly chalk in the uh, the Ohio Valley, which is a, a fun one. Uh, it's it is one of these neutral site ones. They're all going to be in Evansville, which uh, you say, hey, that's a team, Andy. That is a team. Unfortunately, the Evansville Aces are in the Missouri Valley Conference. This is their home court. They're lending it out to the Ohio Valley uh, as they do every year. Uh, but uh, kind of a, a interesting side note, if you will, if you want to look at this, there is a new member to this uh, to this conference, Southern Indiana, and they are located in Evansville. They're across town. This is not their home arena, but they should have a good, you know, a good showing for their fans because I mean, we've seen some of this. It's hard to get excited about a a team. That's like a, a lower seed in a conference tournament. If you have to drive 400 miles to go to a game, but if it were across town on a, on a Wednesday evening and you were, you were an alumnus, you still lived in town, you were a supporter. I don't know. Maybe head over to the Ford center. It's gotta be like 18 bucks to get in for the whole session, but it can't be much. It's the Ohio Valley. I'm going to actually look into that and see what prices are. So I did bet uh, the favorite Moorhead and uh, I don't think we have a bracket graphic, but if you go over, I have my preview. Um, Anyone who's followed like the, the West coast conference with Gonzaga, 
you've seen it where it's, hey, the four worst teams play, and then the next two have buys, and you go into them, and then the top two teams have double buys or triple buys. So, I mean, the bottom teams are so handicapped by having to play all these games while Moorhead State, Tennessee Tech, the top seeds, they essentially are just sitting around waiting. They won't play games until Friday. And this is one where it's game, 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 game. Four rounds in a row, four days, all gas, no breaks, no stops. It's all neutral. You don't want to rent this arena for more than you have to because it's probably expensive. So four days. And we will crown a winner. And I had to just stick with Moorhead. I'm like getting plus money on them felt good. They only have to win the two games. Uh, it's not a team that's all offense, bad defense, or vice versa. They're very balanced near the top of the league in both. And they do have really nice, um, uh, like, offensive. I'm, I'm going to call it offensive rebounding on the defensive side, you know, as far as uh, keeping the other team from. Uh, from getting their offensive rebounds, their rate has been great. I found that to be semi-predictive, especially in tournament time where extra possessions are at a kind of at a, a premium with a slower-paced team like the Morehead State Eagles. So Morehead plus one forty, DraftKings, FanDuel have uh, you know have this number. So I'm going to take the top seed. And uh, you know the nice part about betting the top seed here, you are not. You can't lose uh, for the first two rounds. They don't play till Friday. So I'm alive as of right now. I'm alive as of tomorrow. So Southern Indiana, you can get them at plus 1,200 at FanDuel, plus 1,300 at DraftKings. Right now, I didn't look at any of the other prices. And another thing that I noticed, and Andy made this joke to me yesterday, and I'm going to put it out on the show now. I looked at the bracket matrix this morning, and both the OVC and Big South conferences are uh, expected to be 16 seeds. So I'm just asking the tournament committee, pretty, pretty, pretty please, if Moorhead State wins the OVC and Longwood wins the Big South Conference Tournament, they give us a Moorhead-Longwood first four game on the first day of the NCAA Tournament. Yeah. That's all. Just for you, just, just for you dirties. Just for, like, it would be such a thing that, like, college basketball Twitter, or just like Twitter in general, people would certainly latch onto that and have fun with it. Um, and Longwood's the favorite or second favorite, depending on which book you look. So they have, they have a, a puncher's chance. Asheville's the other team in that league that a lot of people think uh, they're the number one seed. So there you go. That's my college basketball analysis. Uh, and then real quick, too, on the Southern Indiana and basically any tournament like this. So if you're unfamiliar with a money line rollover, it pays the same. It's essentially a parlay. You're parlaying. Let's say you bet $100 on Southern Southern Indiana to win today. They're a short underdog. You probably get about even money on that. You win you win 200, you win 100. Then you have $200. So the next game you take the whole $200, bet on them to win again. You keep doing that with all the money, your original stake plus you've you've won. You just keep doing that. You're going to get a better price than 13 to 1. Uh, the main issue with a money line rollover in a tournament is to say like Oh, I did that, but the number one seed lost. And then, you know, they had a way easier semifinals. They had a way easier final. And I did this money line rollover, and the price was actually worse than the outright price. That is the main concern with the money line rollover. It, it doesn't work in a bracket like this. Mm -hmm. You know, like you are going to play one of the top two seeds. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to. Yeah. So it, the, the chances of you getting screwed over by a money line rollover in a weird bracket like this are so much lower. So I would encourage you if you do take a long shot in one of these, go with the, go with the rollover. The outright price is going to be much worse. I would wager, and we'll probably never find out because they likely don't make the final, but I would wager 
you can get 20 to one for them just to get to the final uh, on, on a three game rollover, mm-hmm. because it's going to be like two to one, three to, or, you know, even money, two to one, three to one kind of prices. And at that point you're at a, you're at a big enough price already. So that's two times. That's just two times, three times four. Oh, I can't multiply it by zero. You know what? Everything multiplied by zero is Dan. Zero. Oh, I'm man. bad at math, but that much I know. That math I can do. I mean, that's 23 to one. If if they're even money, two to one, and then three to one in the semifinals, that's 23 to one to, to make the final. And then you can just stop. You can say, yeah. hey, I pressed my luck far enough. I'm done. So just food for thought, and uh, we'll head on over to the EPL. Yeah, just also real quick on Southern Indiana, they're they're one of those teams that moved up from D2, so they're ineligible. So if you like to root for the teams that can't make the NCAA tournament, there's another reason to root for them. But yeah, we have the Premier League today. We actually have both the Premier League and the FA Cup going on at the same time. Uh, We have a couple of Premier League games. We have a couple of FA Cup games. I'm going to talk about the Premier League today. Uh, There's a very, very big game for two teams on opposite ends of the table. We have Arsenal hosting Everton. Arsenal is two points clear of Manchester City, and this game is their game in hand. So dropping points against a team battling relegation would be an absolute disaster for them. They are 10 goals behind City in goal differential and still have to go play at Manchester City. So uh, if they can't maintain a points lead greater than three over Manchester City throughout the rest of the season, their title hopes are going to be in trouble. Uh, The good news is the only team to beat them at home this year was Manchester City. Uh, Everton, like I said, on the opposite end of the relegation, uh, in the relegation zone, they are in the final final relegation spot but the good news six points separates them from 12th place the bottom of the premier league is very very jumbled uh the bad news is for everton that they will have to do something they have not achieved or they're going to try to do something they haven't achieved in 37 years andy that would be defeat a top team in the table away from home in a league game you have to go back to september 1986 for the last time everton won against the top team in the table on the road against wimbledon which is a club that does not exist anymore. Um, Wimbledon folded. They moved to Milton Keynes and became not the same thing. They became MK Dons. There's also an AFC Wimbledon. It's really interesting. Nevertheless, it's been a very, very long time. They are a wretched, wretched team away from home. Uh, Since September 2021, they've only won two of their 28 Premier League away games, picking up just 13 of a possible 84 points, six goals, and 8.8 XG in away games. So they've underperformed versus XG a little bit and just a 0.3 XG at Liverpool and their only game under manager Sean Deitch. So my bet in this one, I'm taking Arsenal to win this game one to nothing, two to nothing, or three to nothing at plus one ten. This is at FanDuel. This is under one of their special bet sections that you can find. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, teams who are in relegation battles with new coaches that they've hired in the middle of the season on the road against good teams in particular tend to play very defensive, try to grind out a draw, try to play behind the ball. So I don't think you're going to see Everton really be on the front foot a ton in this game. Arsenal, you know, a win is a win. Like, obviously, they'd love to kind of make up some goal differential on City. But look, a win is a win. I don't think they're going to get to four. You know, you can get uh, under two and a half around even money. But, you know, on the off chance that Arsenal does somehow win this three nothing, I'm just going to take a little bit of insurance and it's a little bit plus money. So Arsenal to win one, nothing two nothing or three, nothing at plus one ten against Everton today. And like I said, that is over at FanDuel. I was I just going to ask FanDuel. Yeah. You said that kind of weird. I said it weird. I don't know why I said it weird. I think we're going to go with that for pronunciation though. I'm not a big pronunciation guy anyway. So no worries on 
match. Nope didn't send us I've tennis, so we don't even, we don't have to try that. Yeah, we don't have to try any tennis. And Jason Coogan, yeah, we'll get to some draft stuff, yeah. including the Jalen Carter uh, saga at this point. Little golf quick. I haven't even got my newsletter done. I'm still behind because of everything. It just uh, life takes time. But I am working through golf, as you, I mentioned. I bet some outrights yesterday. You can watch that via Noonan go over everything. He had some really good points. We talk about the course. You can check out Ron's full preview free on BetsPortsGolf.com. It's right on the front page. It's a very in-depth preview on the Arnold Palmer Invitational if you want. Again, that's free to read. That's not a premium paywall content thing. Go check it out. If you do like betting golf, I have one I wanted to talk about today that I made already right off the bat. It was William Zalatoris. Uh, and this is a – I laid minus one and a half strokes here. I have this as a sizable gap at the price. Over uh, – so minus one and a half means he has to win by at least two strokes or cam young just doesn't make the cut and sal does which is a nice way to win these two i love cashing these on a friday getting plus money plus 105 here a lot of it comes down to iron play i know we're going to see some heavy wins i know there's a bit of a disparity for probably some of the guys who play on friday afternoon i don't think it's it's worth it's probably worth a stroke, stroke and a quarter. Maybe we'll see. We got to get there and have the wind. You know, nothing is guaranteed in life. Weather definitely falls amongst that. But it's not like Zal is short off the tee either. These are guys both hit it long off the tee, have decent uh, ball speed and be able to cut through this wind. But Zal is just that much better on his second shots. These are really hard greens to catch. These are really hard greens to have nice proximity on. He's been better at basically everything I'm using for that. Good drives gained, approach, greens and regulation, and just uh, kind of uh, comp courses he's been playing at. He's much better uh, scoring on par fives than Cam Young. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to lay a stroke and a half here. I think this one cashes on Friday unless the Zal injury suddenly flares back but he had a really nice showing a couple weeks back i think he's fine and i think we're back to seeing him compete and where did you see zalatoris compete last year it was when the going got tough and the fields were ridiculous majors and even into the playoffs where he did win a tournament so i'm not worried about him being in a tough field like this either this is where he thrives tough field tough course tough kid texas tough zal minus one and a half over cam young plus 105 yeah, Cam Young hasn't been great this year so far. I thought he looking at some of like his finishes, he's actually been a little bit better than like my memory uh seemed to make it seem like he was playing, but it's still he hasn't been spectacular so far. So um I like that. Real quick, this is a weird request, Andy, but um in the golf discord, somebody just asked, Vinny Vaults just asked, who does Andy have in the Northeast Conference? Do you have well, a preference? It's not it's it's not fully decided yet. I have everything written. I just have not published because I can't decide yet. Like so I got a DM. I got a DM about it too. Hey, are you so the guy said, Are you betting the NEC or is that two G Gen? Like, I mean, it is the worst. If you go to Ken Palm, he ranks, you know, the average efficiency or whatever he uses to rank the conferences. It is 32 out of 32, just ahead of like the uh, there's some teams that are independents like in football now, but uh, it is the worst conference. There are no teams in this conference, the NEC, the Northeast, that are ranked inside the top 300. Um, so this is a like this is 
not only seeing seed, but this is probably a play-in team at this point. Yeah. I, I've yet to decide. I'll, uh, I'll be posting an article here probably in about a half hour. We're not going to take LIU, pouring. who is the worst team in college basketball. <clears throat> no, Mer- Merrimack's very hot. Uh, they've won a bunch. They started three and three. They ended the season on a, on a pretty good run, but they're just not that much better than like Dickinson. Honestly, the third best team is Stonehill. They're not even in the tournament because they're ineligible. The, mm. Some teams, some conferences do not let the teams that can't actually go to the conference or to the big dance in their tournaments. They've decided to go with, you know, it's four years. Once you go from D2 to D1, it's four years you can't compete in the big dance. And the NAC has decided that you can be in the tournament during years three and four, not years one and two for some Mm -hmm. reason. So I don't know. It'll be an eight-team bracket. I'm leaning, you know, right now I'm probably leaning fairly Dickinson. Yeah, I mean, I was really confused why Merrimack was eligible and Stonehill is not, but you answered that for me, so thank you. Go Farley Dickinson chess mm. pieces. I don't know. They are. Knights? Knights. Probably because isn't it a knight, the chess piece? I don't know. Yeah, I Nevertheless, Andy, America's favorite new favorite sport is kicking off this weekend. No, not pickleball. Yeah. Formula One returns to the track. They head to Bahrain this weekend. Uh, if you look at the Betsports Twitter account, I spent way too much time working on a graphic that I actually didn't love, but I put too much time into it, so I posted it. Of all of the changes to all of the teams in Formula One, we have 10 teams, two drivers on each team. Six teams made driver changes. Two, two of those were just guys changing teams. Four guys gone from the grid. And for those of you who are uninitiated with how the Formula One weekend schedule typically works, you will have two practice sessions on Friday, free practice one in the morning, free practice two in the afternoon. You'll have a practice session on Saturday morning and then qualifying Saturday afternoon and then the race on Sunday. I have one bet for free practice one, which is going to be on Friday morning, but you can get that in now. This is over at DraftKings. I am going to take, and this is a Ferrari versus Ferrari uh, head-to-head here, Carlos signs over his teammate Charles Leclerc in free practice one plus 135 at DraftKings. So they did uh, testing in Bahrain this past weekend to kind of see what the cars looked like so far. And even though in the last session Leclerc edged out signs for the fastest lap amongst their team, it was very close. And the reports coming out of the Ferrari camp is that Leclerc isn't super happy with the car. So... Racing cars in particular have can either have understeer or oversteer, which is basically how the car handles in a corner. Oversteer means that you turn the, the wheel and the car responds very sharply to the, the movements. Understeer means you turn the wheel and it doesn't react the way that you want it to. It doesn't turn as much as you want it to turn. Some drivers, and it's just driver preference, like understeer, some like oversteer. The Ferrari car apparently has a lot of understeer right now, which Charles Leclerc is not a fan of, and Carlos Sainz typically is a fan of. It is a type of car that suits him more than it does Leclerc. Free practice one is a chance to kind of get out and tinker with some things and try to kind of figure out how you're going to approach your race, work on some minor details here and there. Free practice two is usually when they try to run their race sims because it's the the practice session that takes place at the time of day that the race is going to take place. So track temperatures and all those kinds of things are similar. So my justification for this here is if Carlos Sainz is more comfortable with the car heading into free practice one, 
he's more likely, at least in my opinion, to let it rip early on. They're not going to have to make a lot of changes or tinker and with all of that and and really fine-tune things where Leclerc, they might be still trying to figure out some things here and there and might be working on some things. So I think you'll see signs let loose a little bit more in free practice. One doesn't necessarily mean that Leclerc won't find the car the way he wants to by the time they get to the race on Sunday. So I'm just going to lean on free practice one here that Carlos signs is just a little bit more comfortable in that Ferrari car right now than Leclerc and that he's going to edge out his teammate. And I can't resist a plus money bet plus 135. So that's what I'm going to go with for that. And if you're looking for a race bet, just bet Max Verstappen. Uh, the, the Mercedes car is still a disaster. Ferrari's still trying to figure things out. They made some changes in the team in terms of management. So maybe they won't be a race day disaster the way, the way they were last year. Uh, but otherwise nobody's probably going to contend with Red Bull, at least here early on in the season. Yeah. I think he was minus minus one twenty was the best price I saw earlier. If you can get minus minus one ten anywhere, I don't know if that exists out there. I'd take it, but it really feels like unless something in practice is just radically different or like just something we haven't seen yet, it feels like Max Verstappen's going to win. He's going to win the title again. I think he won 15 races last year, which was a record. He might win more this year if Mercedes continues to be a disaster and Ferrari continues to tinker with the car, but we'll see. I'm down. Well, when is this Saturday? You said so this will be Friday there. morning. Free okay. practice one. We'll I know, because Bahrain, Bahrain is eight hours ahead of me. I looked into that just uh, earlier this morning to make hmm. it honestly to make a joke message in a Slack chat. So I figured out Bahrain is nine hours ahead of the. No, it's ten hours, maybe I don't know. Somewhere I think I believe it's nine hours ahead of me, eight hours ahead of the East Coast. So I did look into that a little. Um, something that is actually, you know what, Indianapolis is East Coast time, isn't it? The the combine. Guess what is happening. Hmm. We're at the boring part of the combine. Um, I have this. I have this tweet bookmarked because somebody does a really good job of putting together the schedule for the combine. Like we're doing very little of anything. Like there's a little bit of the like, uh, DBs, uh, linebackers and linemen are doing like interviews, uh, team interviews, meeting. There's ortho exams. I think uh, defensive backs are doing exams and team team interviews. Like, there's really nothing going on with quarterbacks yet. They're just getting in. You won't get any measurements until tomorrow. Defensive linemen and linebackers will measure and do on-field workouts tomorrow and then bench press on Friday. It's kind of that that you always do some of the measurements and then bench press the next day. So then, like, DBs and then special teamers will do that Friday into Saturday. So we don't get quarterback measurements until Saturday. You won't get uh, offensive linemen and running back measurements until Sunday. So a lot of this stuff is pretty far off yet. Like the the bench press for the offensive linemen is until next Monday. It's going to be a bit combine. I know it's exciting. Like, oh, the combine's here. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're doing shit for like three days. <laughs> like nothing really happens until this weekend. We will start to pay attention as there's a bunch of names that you should be, you know, kind of keeping an eye on as they flash not only in some of the on-field stuff, but their measurements and, you know, as much as Wonderlick isn't as much of a thing anymore because I think people kind of disbunked maybe test-taking skills compared to uh, reading a defense. Uh, it's still, you know, you'll hear some 
some chatter about how the interviews went, which teams spent more time with certain players, and you know, honestly, free agency too. There's going to be free agent meetings at the combine just because so many people are there, and players will end up finding their way to Indy. Uh, one, and this is a fun market because this is such a low limit that it's hilarious that it's been up and it's been steamed. But Bryce Young's weight on Bet Online did open at 195. Steam, heavy mm. steam. What do people know? Vegas knows. Do people know? Are people do, are people doing? You know, is there some sort of AI involved? Is there machine learning that can scan him in pictures and figure out how, how much water he's carrying? I don't know. The fact that you know you could bet like twenty dollars on this probably is part of why it's steam. But it has steamed up to one ninety nine point five. I think he weighs like two. I think he weighs at least two hundred. Like this, it makes no sense to come in. And even if teams, and it's very transparent and teams see right through it, why not just weigh like 210 pounds? Just, you know, like remember that fishing contest scandal where the they put a bunch of like lead mm-hmm. sinkers inside? Of, like, could you just like open a shotgun shell and drink all the BBs? Like, would that pass through you safely? I don't think these are good ideas, but, you know, I'm just, every good idea starts with a bad idea, like the, what I just said. Like, how do you put, like, what's the heaviest food? Pasta, probably. Yeah, pasta. Honestly. I would just, like, Michael Scott before the 5K, just hammering fettuccine that morning, come in just with, like, a distended stomach, and, you know, try to sneak, sneak by on your tiptoes a little if you can, so... And then, yeah, the police lineup is after the forward cone drill. Yeah, Jalen, Jalen Carter. Um, honestly, kudos to somebody who DM'd me this like a month ago, said that this was maybe going to be a thing that came out. I'm sad it didn't come out later. I would have liked more markets to bet into as I was scrambling to bet, you know, Will Anderson, first defensive player at a decent price this morning. But uh, I don't know. I I don't want to delve into like the legal issues and, you know, it's nothing that he will likely go to jail for. It's not going to affect him in that, but the, you know, just one man's opinion, like leaving the scene like that and then lying to the police probably doesn't, uh, probably doesn't maybe come off too well to some of these teams who are doing, you know, issue, you know, the the character issue stuff and starting to do interviews. He's at the combine while this is happening. He doesn't have time to, you know, scramble with a PR team behind the scenes. Like he, I think he was in an interview when this stuff came out or he was in a medical exam when this sort of stuff came out. So, Oh, this is a, yeah, this is a whole thing. So we'll see, obviously his draft draft stop, probably takes a hit but i mean players have stuff happen that that hit, hurts their draft stock and there's still like a stopping point like there's still a, a limit if if he didn't like you know he, he's not going to prison there's not going to be anything like that it's still awful hard to see him falling too far and as as maybe crass as it is to say some team might get a gift if he does because he's very much top five talent. If he goes mm-hmm. down towards Atlanta or God forsake the Eagles, like that's that's a massive coup as far as at least the skill you're getting. Yeah, on that, just to just to clean some things up, he was uh charged with reckless driving and racing, which are both misdemeanors. So he's charged with two misdemeanors. Uh yeah, I we've seen guys with character concerns still get drafted with 
all kinds of legal issues and things like that. It will affect his draft stock. I'm sure there were already like the rumors of character concerns and all that. He there's rumors around that. Or I don't know if it's rumors. I'm sure it's public record that he had one pretty aggressive speeding ticket this fall, like going like 90 and a 45 or something like 40, something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects his draft stat stock. I mean, obviously the Falcons with a need on the defensive line at number eight, the they they for a long time shied away from character concern guys after the Michael Vick stuff, but that's long that's long in the past, and I think that they would have believed that like their program and the way that they run things that they can keep him and get him any help that he needs or you know just help him stay out of trouble and things like that. So uh, Patrick says the Raiders should not draft Carter. I think that's probably a fair assessment there. Real quick on the Bryce Young thing, I just want to point out and I give shout out to our friend Femi who you probably know from Vsin, big big longtime listener of the Deep Dive, pointed out to me on Twitter. Uh, when Bryce Young said he wasn't going to throw at the combine, that should have been the biggest indication that he was probably going to weigh 200 pounds or a little bit above. Uh, he has three weeks from the combine to his pro day at Alabama. So if he wants to slim, if he's, you know, if he wants to slim down a little bit, he probably can. So uh, I played the 199 and a half today. I had a little FOMO. I do think he'll, he'll go over 200 there. So, yeah. Yeah. I did, uh, yeah. I got uh, if he's if he's two hundred pounds. Well, I suppose I bet it at an earlier number. If he's, yeah. you know, you moved uh, the market. Yeah. If if he's at least if he's at least uh, you know one hundred ninety six pounds, I will win fifty American dollars. Yeah. I'm like Let's shit. Go. I'm just I'm just I'm gonna bet this anyway. So yeah, I did go to I went to Lovig to bet it and Jason and yeah, I mean even Crasser, uh, better the better to leave the scene than to blow a point two. God, I mean, you're probably right. As fucked up as it is to say, like the the decisions you have to make when you're about it's it's not like hey, I have a job interview at Panera Bread next week. It's like I'm a top five draft talent. I can't get in trouble, which maybe don't fuck up in street race to begin with is a good plan. But yeah, I, I wonder how this would have turned out if he'd gotten like a a DUI doing 90 miles an hour instead. You know, I, I don't want to be like, hey, you probably made the right choice because. The, the right choices maybe don't street race, but yeah. it, it is, you know, it's interesting to start to think about that sort of stuff. And somebody, a weird question, somebody asked about, uh, do you think girls should be able to play eight-year-old baseball without getting into cans of worms there? I played Little League. Erica Peterson was on my team. I don't know. Like, we had, we had a few girls that played Little League. We weren't very good, but I had fun. We didn't in my league, but why not? Like, I, it seems kind of harsh that they won't allow Jason's daughter to play baseball. I would fight it, Jason. Take it to like the city council. Take it to like fight, fight the man because it seems kind of ridiculous in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Sidebar from there, my daughter did just get signed up for summer softball. So soft, softball dad again. I like softball. Mm -hmm. The the worst part is though, like it just you have ten uh, year old girls that don't have an arm to like get to second base from behind the plate. So if you get on first, you're on second. Like just the first pitch after you get on is a steal, a hundred percent of the time. Like always, at least in the league, the league we in. So it's just are like you booking? Soon, are you booking for your daughter's eleven year old softball league and stolen base props? Oh my god, stolen base prop minus a thousand. Every player <laughs> should like you know your your stolen base prop is basically how many times you get on base. A lot of them steal third too because I mean the throw to third with a right-handed batter isn't easy as well because there's a player in the damn way and you, you don't see uh you don't see the the ball coming half the time. Honestly, it's 
it's a mess, but we did have a lot of fun. The part I like is going to the batting cages because mm-hmm. then I get to take some hacks too. So with that said, I think that's all we have for the day. Wow. Kind of went a little long. Like the, the, uh, the, the meeting I have at 11 got canceled. So oh. long hair, don't care. Let's go. And uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy gambling. I'm going to go finish up my NAC tournament thoughts.